Hello, and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners, artists, and entrepreneurs, and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on most streaming services such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and others. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Sasha Derry, CEO of Blue Shift Aerospace. In 1999, Sasha co-founded the Alt-E Store, a national renewable energy product distribution and light manufacturing company, where as CEO, he is responsible for setting the company's market and product development strategy for the $29 million per year organization. In 2014, Mr. Derry founded Blue Shift Aerospace. The company made history on January 31, 2021 with the first commercial rocket launch powered by bio-derived fuel in the world using a proprietary modular hybrid rocket engine that is also unique to the aerospace industry. He grew up in Maine, earning a degree in physics from Earlham College and a second degree in electrical engineering from University of Southern Maine. He lives in Brunswick, Maine with his wife and two daughters. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. You are a Maine business. A Maine business. That means you're the backbone of our community and a force for good in Maine. At Gorham Savings Bank, we think you deserve a bank that sees your business as more than a balance sheet. Every Maine business deserves that kind of bank. Call, click, or come by to learn how we can help your business thrive. You're a Maine business. We're a Maine bank. Let's get to work. Gorham Savings Bank. Banking is believing. Member FDIC. Welcome to the show, Sasha. We are so glad to have you here today. Great. I'm really excited. Thank you very much, Kimberly. This is great. So can you tell us um, what is Blue Shift Aerospace and what is its vision? Yeah, Blue Shift Aerospace is Maine's rocket company. Uh, we are launching sustainable aerospace. If you think about rockets today, that you know they are, you know, the industry is basically broken. It's mm-hmm. it's polluting. It's environmentally filthy. And what Blue Shift is doing is we're building eco-friendly solution hmm. uh, to launch these tiny, tiny satellites into space right here from off the coast of Maine. And we're going to build mm-hmm. the rockets right here in Maine. And we use a completely bio-derived, non-toxic fuel, rocket fuel. And we made history a year ago as the very first commercial company to launch a rocket using a non-toxic bio-derived fuel right here in Maine, uh, up in uh, Limestone, Maine, the former Loring Air Force mm-hmm. Base. Wow. Can I just tell you how cool it is to, to it must be awesome to put Maine's rocket company on your business card. <laughs> I know. I someday aspire to have something that cool on my business card. Yeah, I, I didn't know, I didn't know how much coverage that would get. I didn't expect it. It was one of those things that last me. It's like, I want to get this, I want to say that it's made in Maine and I want it to be prominent. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was going to be like on BBC and AP News and all that stuff. And so, uh, yeah, it. It's it's awesome. I even had um, Senator King call me on the way back from after that launch. It was a really uh, surprising phone call to have because one that came up is like, you know, had King's name on it. And I was like, what? No, this has got to be a prank call. <laughs> I answered it. You get all excited and you turn out, it's, we're contacting you about your auto warranty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're foiled again. Yeah. You're getting really clever now. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, because we launched with, said, it said Made in Maine and, and, you know, that ended up going across the media, across the world. Wow. Um, uh, you know, it was a real proud moment for Maine and he, mm-hmm. he thanked us for what we did. So it was, that was an incredible compliment too. 
Yeah, it makes yeah. me proud to be a Mainer. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. Rockets aren't the first thing. You know, when you think of Maine, yeah. rockets are not really <laughs> no. in the top five. It's but number six. It's, that's why. It's, it's well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's changing now. It is. So can you tell us um, what are some of the things that you're working on right now? Yeah. So our team has been busily since since we launched uh, our prototype back in uh, January of 2021. We have been busily working on our full size. Mar- it's called a Marvel engine that uses our bio drive fuel. Mm-hmm. And it's amazingly difficult <laughs> and complex. <laughs> Who would have known rockets, you know, and science <laughs> and that whole thing. But yeah, you know, we're we're taking an engine that we could hold in our hands or part of the engine, at least a combustion chamber to something that weighs hundreds of pounds. It has to be carried around with forklifts and our, our mm. fuel core, our fuel is a solid. It's not like, it's not a liquid. And even maneuvering that around requires forklifts before we could just sliding 14 pounds of fuel. Mm-hmm. And now we're working with like, you know, 500, 600 pounds of fuel. You don't oh, lift it wow. up with your hand. So there's, wow. there's all these, you know, it's not only the, technology challenges, there's the logistic challenges. So what we're working right now is scaling up our engine to the full size engine. This is the engine we'll use for all of our rockets from here on out. And there's two, mm-hmm. two types of rockets we're going to do. And we are going to test it here at the former Brunswick Naval Air Station. We're, we're at Hangar 6 on mm-hmm. Pegasus Street. And we'll be testing at the far end of the runway, the southern end of the runway uh, at our secure test site. Uh, And this engine will produce 10 times the amount of thrust we had on Stardust. And we'll burn for, uh, instead of 14 seconds, we'll burn for like a minute and a half as we ramp up over the course of the next few months. So that is what we're pushing to do. And the whole idea is we've got to tune this engine, hone it in it just right, just like you kind of like you would for a car engine, a new car engine, Mm -hmm. get it tuned just right so that we can then go build Starless Rogue, our rocket, and launch it all the way to space with uh, customer payloads and bring it back down. And, and we're hoping to do it and we're planning to do it right here in Maine. That's fantastic. That is incredible. <laughs> I like I, I, I'm still digesting. That blows my mind. <laughs> it, you can't use that old saying, this ain't rocket science because it is rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is, it, it's just incredible. Yeah. It's been really, it's been, you know, what's been amazing too is the, the part um, when we first started the company and we, I thought it was a cool thing that we were doing it. The rockets are cool. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. And that's, we're all very passionate about that. But we're also, like, as a, people who really love our environment, love the natural world, we want to do it in a more earth responsible way. Mm. And early on, when we started the company in 2014, and, you know, I discovered the, sort of the, the source of this fuel on my brother's farm in North Yarmouth, Maine. I thought wow. when I discovered the fuel actually worked better than the, the petroleum alternative, I thought, oh, everybody's going to love this. You know, I'm going to reach out to, we should be able to get grants and funding for this. It'd be no mm-hmm. problem. And to my surprise, everybody really poo-pooed the concept of bringing bio-derived fuels, earth-friendly fuels into rockets. And it's huh. sort of like the last bastion of transportation that, that has not been touched by sustainability. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really proud to say that we had tons of naysayers and, uh, and especially at, you know, the, like within the federal government la- level, and uh, that changed after our launch. Yeah. And not, not only did that change, but we actually saw the media was changing how they questioned and what sort of questions they asked of the bigger rocket companies. Like, why aren't you guys doing sustainable mm. fuels? Why aren't you doing things in a more earth-friendly way? Mm-hmm. And so that was really neat to see that shift. 
That's fantastic. That's going to feel good. Yes. (laughs) That's going to feel really good. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So your, your rockets will, and I'm just going to say they're going to, because I mean, keep our fingers crossed and you know, things have gone so well so far, but your rockets are going to be carrying nano satellites. Now, my first thing is I, I know enough vocabulary to know nano satellite is just a smaller satellite, but, but what are they in a more of a technical sense and kind of what might they do? Yeah. So nano satellites are, i, I I have, you can't see it, but I have a Kleenex box in front of me. They're literally as big as that. They get as small as like a a little Kleenex box. Hmm. And um, there's this incredibly growing market for them in space. And most of them will be doing communications, probably broadband communications mostly. So providing you and me and everybody else in Maine and let alone anyone, anyone else in the world with ability to get high speed internet access wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And because these tiny satellites are being put into an orbit that's very close to Earth, you will not, you know, there will be no perceptible delay when you like click your browser or, uh, wow. you know, or beginning to download something. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if, if you ever use something like DirecTV or Dish um, mm-hmm. and those internet services, there's an incredible delay. The bandwidth is really poor. And, um, you know, it was good. Actually, it wasn't ever good. <laughs> <laughs> it was good if you had no option. <laughs> if it was a, if it was a difference between that and dial up, you were, you were probably- yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. That was pretty. I actually had it, and that was my that was my option, and it was horrible. This, on the other hand, is incredible. We're actually using Starlink here. Uh, I, I'm sort of embarrassed to say because that's a SpaceX service, or um, but it's awesome. It's really mm-hmm. high bandwidth, and it's and it's inexpensive, and it's it's it was easy to get. Mm-hmm. Here in Maine, so probably the bulk of them are going to be doing that, and then there's another whole another subset of them that are doing what we call Earth imaging, Take, taking pictures or videos of the Earth, and it could be for things. Do you guys remember there was like an earthquake in Tonga, near Tonga, underneath the ocean, and there was yes. a volcano yeah. eruption? Like that was all captured by these tiny satellites. Wow, um, oh. they're really close to the Earth. They don't need to be big, expensive, gigantic, multi-billion-dollar. Mm-hmm. Things are far out from Earth, but they're cheap, inexpensive, and close to Earth. And if they lose one, it's no big deal. They can put up another one. Right. And so that's really the, you know, Earth imaging, taking pictures of the Earth, weather forecasting. You know, there's some really funny uses for these Earth imaging satellites, like seeing where oil tankers are on the ocean. So you can predict what the the oil price is going to be if the tankers are really tied up at another port. Mm -hmm. And and sort of novel uh, solutions like that or innovations. So... Now that's that's for our orbital launch vehicle. That's we mm-hmm. refer to that as Red Dwarf. But before we do that, the first thing we want to do is begin offering suborbital launch services, mm-hmm. where we just take things up to space and bring it back down. And the vast majority of these ones are being are going to be used for research. You know, people are doing basic research, like seeing what is the radiation like high up and uh, above the Earth's atmosphere. Mm-hmm. What is um, does my new set of electronics work in the vacuum of space and the radiation of space? I have a, a, a seedling. I'd like to see what happens to, will it be able to germinate if, I, if it's been exposed to space for so many mm-hmm. minutes and it comes back down? So there's all these types of experiments uh, that want to be done. In fact, uh, uh, folks at the University of Maine are looking to take advantage of uh, these suborbital flights and doing some really novel experiments. Uh, so it's really exciting stuff. It's mostly researchers and mostly um, academic researchers, but across mm-hmm. the nation. Mm-hmm. But most excitingly, we actually have 
students, we have a company called Max IQ who creates these cool little like almost like Lego-like kits mm-hmm. uh, where students can snap together a bunch of different sensors and stuff like that. They're actually signed our first launch contract with us to launch these student kits in our payload wow. area, in our rockets and these suborbital ones. And these are students from all over the globe. And wow. uh, I literally just got back from hand delivering one of these starter kits for uh, from Max IQ that will be what students use to learn and then ultimately build from to launch in our rocket. I literally just got back from delivering that to the folks, uh, the kids at the Jonesport Beals High School uh, up in Washington County. Wow. Um, and a really uh, curious bunch of kids and really um, excited about doing real science and real space research. So, and they're not the only main uh, high school that will be doing it. There's, there's a couple others too that we hope mm-hmm. to announce. That's so exciting. That's awesome. Like yeah. that's, uh, forget crafting. <laughs> you can now build your own satellite. <laughs> and it's really inexpensive for kids to do too. Like, I mean, this, that's, I mean, we love that concept. It wasn't our original target market, the suborbital, where we were looking for more like professional researchers and that's, that continues to be. But I'm absolutely thrilled that with, with this, this kind of max IQ technology, you know, kids, like I would have loved to do that when I was in high school or junior high, you know, to get into like, oh, I'm going to design an experiment and I'm going to send it up in a rocket to oh space. Yeah. yeah. How That's amazing. Unreal. So I have to ask, I'm so, I, obviously, you know, I'm so proud to be able to say that we have a, a rocket company in Maine, but what made you choose Maine as the base of y- your operations? Yeah. So, you know, I, I grew up in Maine and mm-hmm. like so many, so many people, you, you get a degree and then you leave. Um, right. So I, I grew up in rural Maine, sort of Hancock County. I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I, I got a physics degree out in the Midwest. I came back to Maine. I was trying to stay in Maine. Got another degree in electrical engineering from the University of Maine system. And then I, then I left for 20 some odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, started up my own solar renewable energy company. It's, it's still here today, Alt-E, uh, which is base headquarters in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And I started like a skunk works or this rocket company out of that offices. But I have been passionate about space and all things space since I was a kid. I mean, I was born mm-hmm. in the just barely post-Apollo era in the mm-hmm. 70s. And you read all those books, you have these high expectations for what space is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there kind of came a point in my life is like, why can't a group of people get together and do this at, at a smaller scale? Not the Apollo scale, not the Saturn mm-hmm. scale, but, you know, smaller scale. And for me, Maine has two advantages. Uh, one is our people, right? Mm, I was an yeah. example of one of many people who get exported and, you know, Rockets are hard. Rocket science is hard on many levels. And you need people who are intelligent, gritty, and hardworking. And that is like, that is Maine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have grit to our core. And um, many of the folks that I f- first brought on board were people I found in Maine. Mm-hmm. And it's actually thanks to MTI, that's the Maine Technology Institute, that I was able to move the company pretty quickly. Uh, to Maine. And the reason was that they gave us a grant. They said, I, um, we'll give you a grant to get started and kind of develop your, your rockets biofuel, mm-hmm. but you have to move the company to Maine. I was like, I've been trying to move to Maine for 23 years. Of course I would love to. <laughs> but the other part of it was I couldn't find any place to test our rocket engines in Massachusetts. Every, every town said, oh, heck no, you're not doing that in our town. I was like, but you know, <laughs> we'll be safe. Whereas Brunswick Landing, MRA, embraced what we did right. and said, Absolutely. We'll find a space for you. You're exactly the type of company we want. So, so the combination of MTI and, 
and TechPlace slash MRRA, we wouldn't be here without those folks right. um, mm-hmm. tracking back. And I'm so happy to do that. And then the sort of the final kicker, and I mm-hmm. and I knew this when we seeded the company in Massachusetts, but I I can't believe that we're actually getting really close to it. The coast of Maine, and not just not all of it, but from like about like Deer Isle up to about Cutler, Maine. That part of co- the coast of Maine, if you can launch from more, somewhere along there, whether it's on the shore or on the waters, if you can launch due south, you can put things into what's called a polar orbit. You're just shooting south and it goes, you know, your, your satellites can go into a polar orbit. And this seems really esoteric because it is, mm-hmm. but half of those tiny Kleenex box size satellites, those nanosatellites, mm-hmm. need to go into that orbit. And there's no place on the eastern coast where you can launch rockets into that orbit. And the only place to do it is a really expensive military base in California or another state, which is in some ways similar to ours, Alaska on an island. Um, Mm. That's the only place you can launch into that orbit in the United States. And so Maine Maine can do that because you can launch over the ocean without launching over people and property. Wow. Oh yeah. That would that would be kind of important given that it is, yeah. Yes. Must come down thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. Wow. wow, that's I I I would not have thought of that. Yeah. And this is an example of why I'm doing this and not <laughs> working with rockets. But that is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So you said before it's been about a year since your first launch. You are once again, and this is just insane to me. You're the first company to use biofuel in a rocket. Can you tell us more about what that biofuel is and, and you know, what, it, what is it about, about it that makes it special? Yeah, sure. And just to clarify, you know, there's other companies kind of like played around with different types of biofuels. Mm-hmm. Um, we were the ones to first launch a rocket commercially with paying customers, albeit mm-hmm. not very high and a small, small one. And then you could, you could say that, you know, those, those folks back in World War II, the Germans, they used alcohol that <laughs> was probably huh. derived from biosources, but they were not commercially a viable organization as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we, you know, we were the first ones to do that. And we, our fuel, I can't tell you the secret sauce. <laughs> well, yeah, we would, we I can tell you it's not give sauce. Away any corporate secrets. <laughs> Definitely. It's not tomato sauce. <laughs> Oh, um, it's 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 a uh, it's sriracha, isn't it? That's oh, that, that would that would burn for sure. That's really good flame temperature. No, it's uh, it is a solid substance, and it, it can be derived off of farms across America, Maine, across the globe. Yeah. And um, I can tell you that the, the core the core substance we use is quite carbon neutral. And really, mm-hmm. the only thing that doesn't make it mm-hmm. carbon neutral is the fact you got to transport it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that means like what well, carbon neutral means is like, you know, the carbon that it collects when it's you're getting it from agricultural sources is the same as what you exhaust when you burn it. So, uh, you know, ideally, ideally things are even carbon negative. And I think there is actually arguments to say that our fuel could be carbon negative, too. But hmm. I'm not going there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so the fuel solid, you can you can literally eat it. I don't recommend it. And and. <laughs> And I, and I have two little girls and, um, I would say I would, I would not feel bad if they accidentally took a bite out of it. I, I wouldn't rush them to the hospital. I'd be worried they might be a little constipated later, but, um, <laughs> that's it. Nothing bad would happen to them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And yet, and yet this is something that will propel a rocket. I know. Isn't it yes. mind blowing? I, I, 
just because I I don't sit around thinking about these things yeah. all day. But yeah, it's it's incredible. It really is. And especially it, the fact that you can you can source it from around the country, you can source it from here in Maine. I mean, that's that is a huge mm-hmm. asset. Yeah. You know? It really is. Yeah. For you, sure. you don't need to drill into the ground to get this fuel at all. That's great. So can you tell us, you know, how have your previous experiences in business, how have how have those helped you with Blue Shift? Yeah. So my previous company, Alti, I should say it's actually still my current company, but I'm no I'm longer uh, running the company on an ongoing basis to keep focus my efforts on Blue Shift. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's been around for 23 years. And same type of thing. We bootstrapped the company. We started very organically, um, started with a group of individuals. And, you know, I, I didn't receive pay uh, for the first, what, three years of that company mm-hmm. um, and, and made sure that our first employees did. And, you know, same of that, some of that very similar bootstrapping occurred mm-hmm. is occurring here in Blue Shift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thanks to a crowd equity funding campaign, uh, you know, MTI has been an incredible, incredible supporter of Blue Shift. And, and I've put a lot of my resources into this. Uh, you know, we're able to have a really strong team here uh, in Maine. But one of the, you know, things I've really learned from, from Alt-D, my solar company, is, you know, the different stages you go through with developing a company. You know, mm-hmm. what you are when you're a three-person company is actually different often than when you're a company that's six or 12, or right. 20, or 50 people. And I've been through all of those stages, and they're all hard, and they all present their, their difficulties and challenges. For sure, Blue Shift, you know, as a rocket company, presents its unique challenges, but the, just getting a group of people, individuals together, managing them. And in this case, you know, our, our technology side of things is a heavy element to our business. Um, whereas uh, with my solar company, my renewable energy company, it was more on the customer service and sales side. Mm-hmm. And so I think I've learned a lot of things about what are the different stages of the company, things you need to be careful about, things that people will tell you or books will tell you, oh, you need to have this and that to start a company. No, you don't need that yet. Mm-hmm. You, you need to focus on what's important, the, the bigger goal, the bigger milestones and uh, how to really how to keep your company lean and mean so you can get to profitability and mm-hmm. stay that way. So, yeah, I think a lot of what I what I've learned from from my solar company I'm I'm applying today and to blue shift mm-hmm. not to say I'm not learning a load of new things mm-hmm. oh I I bet, I bet. yeah, yeah. Uh, so what are some of the challenges that you've faced in in getting this company off the ground and yes that pun was totally intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been yeah. waiting <clears throat> this launching this company. <laughs> yeah in, in launching this company yeah um, <laughs> you know I think they're Oh, they have been varied and many. Uh, so f- for sure, the technology, you know, the rocket science part of it, right? Getting yeah. the tech, the tech, honing it in, getting it just right, tuning the engine, making it work just the way you want to. There is mm-hmm. a real magic to getting these rocket engines to perform the way you want to. Mm-hmm. I'd like to believe that we've learned a lot of that magic, and I'm really looking forward to this final engine type and, and tuning that in. That for mm-hmm. sure is part of it. Funding is mm. the is absolutely the biggest one um mm-hmm. unlike you know i'm not we're not developing an app for your phone or something like that where you could probably develop in a few weeks or months this is a really heavy r&d business you mm-hmm. you're you have to finish up the rocket science part and try to get to revenue uh asap and um that's not easy mm. and uh we're in an industry where on the west coast they're putting hundreds of millions of dollars into these rockets, right? Now mm-hmm. they're 10x bigger than ours. 
And we're looking to do it, you know, well, you know, like, like millions of dollars instead. Mm-hmm. And so fundraising around that is really a challenge because the, the main ecosystem, you know, we're familiar with how to invest in, you know, some software companies, but mostly it's more agricultural. It's like companies that, that make things you eat or drink or, mm-hmm. um, you know, things to do with making a living off the ocean. We've been sort of traditionally less accustomed to how to invest in, in high-tech companies here in Maine. Mm-hmm. Not to say there isn't, there always hasn't been high-tech companies, but it's not been something that's been relevant top of mind right. in the sort of the main investment ecosphere, let alone sort of regionally. So that's kind of why we, we branched out to crowd equity funding. We kind of opened it to the world. Um, here's what we're doing. And you know, while we are getting investors from all over you know, the United States and some across the world, Believe it or not, last I looked, 25% of our investors actually come from Maine. That's fantastic. And probably more used to live in Maine because we get those comments. Oh, I am living in California. I love Maine. I grew up there. It seems so, I'm so wonderful to see a high-tech company like yours doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I want to invest in you. So, so raising those funds is certainly the, the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. And then three, you know, the logistics side of rockets, that's tough. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they're they're yeah. you know there were you know these rockets are small but they're still big you know it's not your sd's rocket and then figuring out where we're going to launch from maine and and helping people understand that it's we want to do this in a non-threatening way that helps uh the local economy that's a mm-hmm. net positive to the community and since our rockets are non-toxic and and the propellants are non-toxic um we're actually pretty much the most environmentally safe rocket that's out there today. Mm -hmm. And uh, so figuring out the right community that, you know, we can work with has has been really a big challenge for us. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. So where, where would the tentative launch site be? Would it be at Brunswick landing or, or is there, do you have other plans or is that just to be decided? We're still trying to figure it out. Um, We're we're looking at um, somewhere in Washington County, uh, we've been in discussions with uh, folks in Jonesport Beals and, you know, Jonesport Beals is a, you know, they're very reliant upon uh, the fishing industry. It's very important. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, so it's a very strong source of, of prosperity and um, it's a way of life and it's a very mm-hmm. strong community. And so and it's also a community that's kind of been hit left and right with different regulations issues and odd companies like rocket companies showing up at their front doors saying, hey, can we launch from an island that's at an extreme end of uh, Jonesport? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we may launch from there, um, but it may be elsewhere in the coastline, off the coastline of Maine. And we've actually not entirely ruled out launching from the northern reaches of Maine for just our suborbital rocket, something that mm-hmm. I had said oh, we just can't do. And now we're looking at there may be a way to do it that's safe and actually lowers our logistical costs. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. But Maine is where we want to do it, especially uh, initially suborbitally, um, and then ultimately that orbital that that advantage we have of launching over the ocean, right? Polar orbit is such an incredible mm-hmm. opportunity for our whole state. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And if nothing else, I mean, for some of those town council meetings, you must have added a lot of excitement. Like- <laughs> Well, we ain't never come across this before. <laughs> that's that's pretty. That's, that's a subdued way of saying what I heard. <laughs> ain't nobody ever wanted to launch a rocket from here. Yeah. I just, that's, that's I, I, 
I, I'm sorry for inflicting my, my fake <laughs> moan accent on people. Just feel like I need to apologize uh, for that. <laughs> loves to do that. So a question that we always like to ask, because we love to hear the, the, just the different answers, is how do you define success? That's, that's a great question. I think what keeps me chugging in, in the face of adversity is I have to take success in small, in small chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, taking the, the, you know, the challenges of finding the right launch location for us. I take success as, my, as, as the opportunities I've had to learn and to grow mm. and to, um, to make myself better, make, make our business processes better and make our plans for our business better to be, mm-hmm. to be agile. And so what, you know, I, success, I, I'm not at my core motivated by money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm motivated by, by accomplishments. And, mm-hmm. and I know in reality, those accomplishments come in, in little chunks. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really find satisfaction in the successes of learning from those things in one little chunk at a time. That's great. Yeah, it's a that's, great way to look at that. I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a fantastic way to look at success. I'm going to have to incorporate that. Maybe sure. be a little less frustrated. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, like I, I mean, like life that. life is is a bunch of little successes if you've learned along the way, and that's that's yeah. that is the beauty and the 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 joy of being alive. Is mm. If it was all easy, there would be no joy in it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> when you yeah. actually accomplish something. Yeah. Very true. Very so true. true. And uh, we are also self-admitted inspiration junkies. So we like to ask this question of who or what inspires you, either personally or professionally? Oh, gosh. Um, There's some folks I have hanging up on uh, on my walls here uh, in my office. And I'll name a couple of them. Leonardo da Vinci is one. Uh, Richard Feynman, the physicist, is another. And Carl Jung is another one. And it kind of points to sort of I think the, the different joys and angles of looking at life that I, I, I've had and continue mm-hmm. to have, which is one kind of looking from things from artistic, but also sort of varied and Renaissance way. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one is sort of this joy and almost childlike wonderment about the universe and, and what it is going to be or what can it be or and just learning. Mm-hmm. And then another one is sort of just understand the human experience and how we think and how we, how we behave and how we're all distinctly different, but have so much commonality and just sort of getting it, soaking yourself into understanding those differences and how to communicate most effectively with each other. Mm-hmm. So those, mm. those three folks, um, I think have been, are at sort of at my core of mm-hmm. inspiration. Wow. Yeah. Those are, the, cause I, as, as you were listing those off, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. These, <laughs> I don't see a, <laughs> it's not a rocket scientist among them. Um, Richard Feynman was pretty close. He was pretty yes, close. Yes, I was, that's the closest one. And actually, Da Vinci had, you know, he did some drawings of flying machines and that's things. True, so, that's true. Okay, right. all right. Exactly. But then when you threw out uh, Young, I'm like, whoa, okay. Right. <laughs> Love field. This is going to be an interesting, <laughs> interesting answer. <laughs> Well, well, Sasha, thank you so much yes. for, for taking time out of your day to talk with two people who are totally unqualified for this conversation <laughs> in no way, shape, or form. But we learned a lot. We did. That's we right. So next time lot. you'll be even more qualified. Yes. Yes. We'll be, absolutely. We'll be just a little better than totally unqualified. We'll just yes. be unqualified, not totally unqualified. <laughs> but thank you for, for explaining to us, talking to us about uh, Blue Shift Aerospace and, and really just... Thank you for doing what you're doing here in yes. Maine and being Maine's rocket company. Yes, which, we love dang, that. That's such a cool cat. 
catchphrase. It really is. <laughs> um, and I'll be sure that we have links to your your uh, your website, social media, and all of that, so people can keep up to date on on what's happening. And uh, just we wish you great success yes. on the test that you have coming up, and uh, just going into the future. Absolutely. Well, thank you, thank you, Todd and Kimberly, so much for for allowing us to share what we're doing here at Blue I really appreciate it. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Gorham Savings Bank, and encourage you to check them out through the link in the show notes. And thank you again for listening.